Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of The Trail, from New Hampshire to the White House. Anyone who wants to be president has to come through New Hampshire first, and no one covers New Hampshire politics like WMUR. I'm WMUR political director Adam Sexton, and we hope you can join us every week for this podcast. Uh, Secretary Kerry, for starters, what can you tell New Hampshire voters about Vice President Joe Biden they don't know already as to why you're endorsing him for president? That I think his experience is the most critical thing today because the world is in trouble. Our country has enormous issues to deal with. This man has the proven experience more than anybody that I know running who has been able to deliver. He's been a vice president for eight years. He has relationships around the world. The world is coming apart. We need a president who on day one can go to work and have confidence will calm the nation, calm the waters, bring people together. Uh, Mr. Vice President, what does it mean to have the secretary's backing? It means a great deal. John is extremely well respected around the world and here in, in New Hampshire, from the world of New Hampshire. And uh, it means a lot. He's been a great friend and we've worked together very closely for a long, long time. What are some things, Mr. Secretary, <laughs> that the vice president could do in, specifically in terms of NATO that other candidates might not be able to do on day one? Well, on day one, there isn't a leader of NATO who doesn't know Joe Biden. So there's no building trust. There's no searching for what the positions may be. There's no uh, element of possibility for doubt about what Joe says he's going to do. If, you're, if you come into global politics and you're a new entity, people say, oh, well, okay, sounded good, but what's it really mean? Uh, I think he, they trust him. In fact, Europe is probably one of the places in the world where the president, vice president has the greatest set of relationships because for years on the Foreign Relations Committee and otherwise, whether it's the Munich Security Conference or the meetings in Brussels, he's been part of that. We need to come together so quickly now. I can't tell you, we're so far behind. We're behind on global climate change. The emissions are going up here and in other parts of the world. That's a monumental challenge. Cyber is a monumental challenge. Nobody's putting together the global agreement that we need to deal with cyber. We started in the, in the Obama-Biden administration, but it's not been followed up on. On trade, the trade, the world's been pulled apart. You've got to work now to raise economies that are already slowing down. I mean, there isn't nuclear, nuclear weaponry. Uh, Donald Trump's sort of broken that long built up edifice that even Ronald Reagan and Gorbachev helped to build. So this is a, a time of, I think, unparalleled challenge. I have confidence that uh, Joe Biden brings to the table the credibility with all of these people, and we can move faster to make up for dangerously lost time. Experience is a key part of the argument, Mr. <laughs> Vice President. So if that's the case, why not bring back Secretary Kerry to uh, be Secretary of State? He could be anything he wanted to be. <clears throat> be, I can tell you one thing, no matter what John decides he's going to do, I want to, I'm going to need his advice. Because if you take a look at the successful presidents, they brought people in who they know, whether in the administration or not, who have great contacts, who have great insight, and have demonstrated they know what's going on. And so, no matter what the circumstance is, I'm going to need John's advice. You want to come back? I have no plans. Uh, I've been very happy doing what I'm doing, but I certainly would be thrilled if we had a President Obama so I can be confident 
that the country is in good hands, and I'd offer advice whenever the president asks me. So uh, you know all about the New Hampshire primary, uh, 03 and 04. Uh, I remember watching some video of you down by the Merrimack River where the national media is just following you, basically saying, when are you going to drop out? When are you going to drop out? They, did you, they ever say that? Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, you, <laughs> I you know, must have been <laughs> You looked like you were blocking it out. But uh, what does it mean specifically to have the backing of the firefighters? That was key to your comeback here in New Hampshire and the fact that he has them. What are they going to do for him? I love the firefighters. I mean, we had more chili dinners that we served together all around the state of New Hampshire. It was spectacular. Uh, it's a little known fact, but when I first went into the Navy, I went to damage control school, and I learned firefighting. And from that moment on, when they made us take our masks off and crawl through the smoke, uh, I've had nothing but undying respect for firefighters. So that's a team you want to have on your side, and I think uh, the vice president earned that, that, that sport. And uh, these guys are not just firefighters, they're fighters. Mr. Vice President, uh, if we can shift gears here a little bit, um, do you think at all in what's going on with what the president's saying about you and Ukraine, there's a parallel between what happened to Secretary Kerry in 2004 with the swift boat? Well, I think they're trying to do that. And I think, uh, but one of the things, the advantage that exists now that John didn't have is there is all the major networks, all the major media, all the major uh, mainstream press has said it's just a bunch of malarkey, to steal a phrase. It is simply not true. And they're not even running some of the ads that have been run <clears throat> by the right-wing press. So uh, I start off with the presumption that uh, there's not a single world leader suggested I did anything other than what I should be doing, what I was supposed to do, representing not only the United States foreign policy, but as well as European foreign policy and our allies. So it's a great advantage now. Do you see a parallel there, Mr. Secretary? I, I, I do see a parallel to that because historically, the Republican Party, unfortunately, the modern Republican Party, not the one we respected and worked with very closely, uh, throws mud out in every way possible. Look at what they did with Benghazi. Look what they did with the emails. Look at what they've done historically. You go back to Rachel Carson and pesticides, and you can find a trace all the way through the great arguments of our country on nicotine and uh, smoking. People were lied to and people picked up to protect the companies. Same thing with uh, uh, the ozone layer. Now with climate change, you have doubt being created where there is no doubt. And that's exactly what they're doing. They did it with me, they're trying to do that now. And I think one of the most important things about this race is that voters not fall prey to that, that they recognize that this is, the Biden campaign is in fact a battle for the truth, a battle for re-establishing in American politics a sense of what is right and what is wrong. And I think it is wrong for these people to engage in these kinds of phony, trumped up, lied political attacks. Mr. Vice President, why not testify in the impeachment inquiry? Get your story out there on the biggest possible platform. My story's already out there, and that's what Trump wants. He wants to divert attention. There's only one thing. Should he be impeached? He's impeached himself. He went out and asked another country to get engaged. He's violated the law, the Constitution, by refusing to cooperate with the United States Congress. He wants to divert. That's what he does all the time. I'm not going to pay any part of it. None. None. And the great advantage I've had had is I've been around a long time and people know me. And like I said to him, he wants to worry about there's anything happened with me. I've received 21 years of my tax credit, my, 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 my tax returns. Mr. President, release one. You want to fight corruption. Let's start and see what you're doing. 
And last question here, I'll toss this up to both of you. Both of you started out as young men in politics and uh, rose through the ranks. It's like life. Yeah, right? <laughs> but <laughs> what's the argument now against that? There are a lot of younger generations out there that are saying this is our time to lead. It's the same thing you said in 1987. It's the same thing you were saying when you came back from the Vietnam War. Why not a younger generation right now? Well, I think the difference right now is that the world is in far greater trouble than at any time previously. If you look at the Obama-Biden administration, we were dealing with, and effectively, efficiently, more simultaneous crises of consequence all around the world, and we dealt with them well. We kept the country from going into new war. We stopped Putin in, 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 uh, from going to Kiev. We reinforced the forward uh, states, the, the frontline states of the Baltics. We, uh, continued to protect the South China Sea. We stopped a nuclear weapon from being built in Iran. I mean, I could run around the world. So that is the experience that I want to have in a president of the United States. And I think this is, this is a time for somebody who comes on day one, send the, just the election of Joe Biden on day one, will send a message to the world, America is back. The America that is respected, the America that leads, the America that gets these things done. And in our absence, you can't show me one instance of China or Russia or some other country taking an issue of human rights or consequence to the UN Security Council. So I have confidence in uh, Joe Biden because he's done it, because he's been there at the right hand, right arm of the President of the United States, making the loneliest and toughest decisions that face any leader in the world. Uh, that is the confidence that I want to have. Are you, are you contradicting your 1987 self at all here? No, with it? it's totally consistent. 1987 was a different world. Context, context. The next president of the United States better be able to unite NATO again quickly. Not, not, not in months and years, but quickly. They better be able to put back together the, uh, the alliances we have in the Pacific quickly. They're falling apart. I have said, if in fact Donald Trump wins again, there will be no NATO. A lot of you thought I was exaggerating. You saw what happened at NATO. Did you ever, you can't answer, I know, but did you ever, ever think you'd see our allies, our allies, making our most important allies, making fun of the President of the United States? They didn't know what the hell he was doing, that it was a joke. It's not just an embarrassment in the United States. It's devastating to our security. And so what do you have? You have European leaders say, we got to go it alone. Imagine what that means for U.S. security. Imagine what that means in, in the Pacific. Japan, South Korea, Australia, they're looking now, whoa, maybe we better f find our own way here. That is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. And it can, it can slip in a matter of months, years, a year after the next president's there. And they've got to be able to pick up the phone, and I'm, I'm not joking about this, and know who they're talking to and say, this is what the United States is ready to do. Take my word for it. We're back. You can rely on us. We believe that we made a sacred obligation to NATO. We believe it really is important because it's falling apart. And secondly, think about this. All the stuff that we're talking about needs to be done, from health care to dealing with climate, down the uh, guns, whatever it happens to be. you got to be able to go to the Congress and get it done. you got to get it done. Who has gotten any big thing done in the Congress? It's okay to go out and rail and I'm not talking about any particular candidate, but it's okay to go out and holler and scream. But if you can't get 51 votes in the United States Senate, if you can't get half of the members of the Congress to vote that way, you've got a real problem. We've got to act now, and people are worried. 
worried, worried, worried about foreign policy generically and domestic concerns because the middle class is being killed. Gentlemen, thanks so much, Mr. Vice thanks. President. Appreciate Mr. it. Mr. Secretary. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for WMUR's The Trail, from New Hampshire to the White House. If you have a moment and can write a review or subscribe to this podcast, we'd certainly appreciate it. You can also find us on WMUR.com and our free WMUR app 24-7. See you for the next episode of this podcast next week.